friends. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Fort Worth Roots. Happy New Year. We made it. 2022. This is going to be a good one, I promise. I'm actually recording this on uh, New Year's Eve on the 31st. You're getting this on the 3rd. So, Happy New Year. Anyway, none of that matters, I guess. I just want to say thank you. Everybody that has streamed an episode, downloaded an episode, liked one of our videos or any of our content, thank you very much. It uh, It's made the show grow at a, an accelerated rate. Every single one of these episodes, we do bigger and bigger things. And it's because of you. Um, I'm consistently just doing the same stuff, but we're getting more listeners. So, the, uh, the onus is on you folks. You guys are making this thing big all on your own just by downloading episodes. Since this is New Year's, I wanted to tell you guys, just because I find this fascinating, I don't know if you will or not, uh, I hope you do, the 25 countries where we're being played right now, I'm going to read these off real quick, I just, you got to hear this, Uh, I'm going to start from the least uh, downloads in in a country and work our way up to uh, here at home, Republic of Peru, uh, in last place, place. Uh, Republic of Fiji, Republic of Indonesia, Federal Democrat Republic of Nepal, Bangladesh, uh, Romania, Republic of Finland, Hellenic Republic. I have no idea what that is. I have to look it up. Thanks for watching the show, y'all. Republica Italiana, Republic of Turkey, Islamic Republic of Pakistan, State of Guitar. Never been there. Know where it's at. Thanks for listening. Uh, United Kingdom of Great Britain. Uh, and then it says and and dot dot dot. I don't know what that means. Anyway, United Kingdom, Great Britain. Thanks for being here. Uh, Kingdom of the Netherlands, Mexico, and last page, Commonwealth of Australia, Russian Federation, Kingdom of Sweden. Ooh, got a kingdom there. Canada, Switzerland, Republic of the Philippines, Federal Republic of Germany, Republic of France. Uh, <laughs> so Republic of France, we probably have uh, Guitar Frenchy. Kevin to, to thank for that one. And then the Republic of India, that's thanks to Nitu Rishi. And uh, the United States, that's number one, of course. It'd be weird if anybody else was number one and nobody in the United States was listening to this. I could break it down by state, but we'll save that for another episode. But we have like 38 of the 50 states, 52 territories. I, I need to go back to school. Um, but yeah. 38 here in the United States, so that's cool. But thank y'all. Thank y'all for listening, and um, 2022, we're going to do bigger and better things. We're going to have more incredible guests on the show, and uh, I'm going to keep trying to innovate and make things cooler for you, more better and stuff. If you've got any ideas for the show, if you think you'd be a great guest, hit me up. Media at fortworthroots.com is the email. All right. Well, thank y'all for being here. Happy New Year. Let's give it up for our guest today, Joe Savage, and let's start the show. I'm equally surprised with the number of people that say yes as I am with the number of people that say no. Oh yeah, for sure. It's really wild. Like <laughs> yeah. it's just it's down to the person. Some yeah. people are just like, "Meh, I don't do that." Yeah, for regardless sure. of their level of success okay. or whatever. Yeah. And then some people, same deal on the opposite side, they might have a pretty big name and they're all about it. Yeah. So Yeah, that's cool. It's yeah, it's interesting. But uh I'm I'm wildly excited to see where this goes um like i told you the you know the listenership's picking up 
every episode so yeah, that's amazing that's great. i don't know i think it's pretty cool and then i look at the number of different countries there's like 38 different countries with listeners oh, yeah. in it so <laughs> yeah hell yeah do you know uh there's a guy grady smith and he does country music it but does sound familiar North, he's from north carolina okay but he's got a great homegrown channel yeah it's getting really big right yeah. now and i've been watching him for a couple years so i think it's just consistency right it is yeah he's yeah. a super nice guy and he does really good content and uh yeah, so I bet you'll have some success. Yeah. yeah. I think everything is really persistence. You know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, so. um, like, the podcast that I enjoy, it's consistent, and it's they're always doing something different. Yeah. And so that's what this is. I mean, it's always going to be something different. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm going with my little shed studio is trying to do some daily, weekly stuff where yeah. I'm interacting with, like, a camera so you just needed a space yep. that you could do this stuff i get that that's yeah. what this room's about <laughs> yeah man yeah so i'm come yeah i'm happy about that and i'm living in the camper so it wouldn't have been in the camper you know right but. and you were telling me about that like you had a, a place up here in fort worth and yeah paying, i've lived up here forever but paying a couple hundred or yeah, excuse me 1200 bucks 12, a month yeah, i was on ridgemar too and you know I, yeah. i'd noticed things were getting more expensive over the years but i was making good money uh-huh. playing music and when the pandemic hit, I was like, okay, I've got like four grand saved. That's, <laughs> that's three months. We're in emergency mode. Yeah. 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 I could, so I put that down on uh, small land and uh, awesome. camper. And awesome. Everything's been really good since then, honestly, now that I own something too, it's changed my perspective and, oh, yeah. you know, it's nice to, the interest is a little high cause I'm, I have musicians credit, you know, uh-huh. but, uh, uh-huh. still way less than paying rent, you know, yeah. every month. So yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, really cool to be out there, but I can't wait to get back into the city. I'm, definitely a city dweller yeah and yeah. that drive's probably annoying drive's cool but i just like getting up and going like walking or going to ca- you know coffee shops and mm-hmm. you know hanging out with people that i know and like i mean cranberries it's far out there yeah yeah <laughs> and, and there's some uh, cool people out there for sure but yeah. a lot of older people i don't know any of these people you know what yeah. I mean? so i don't have like my water and holes and stuff are you gigging but, down there at all yeah i gig out there too yeah no, it's a great place to gig yeah. Where, where, what's your uh, main venue down there? Uh, Silver Saddle Saloon. I've okay. been there a few I times. Saw that. Yeah, it's a real cool spot. Um, and then I saw a lot. Looks like Landmark and then uh, Eagle Eagle Point. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Those are my two weekly gigs. Okay, there. cool. Yeah. Both really cool, cool places. And then uh, did I see anything on there for Magnolia? Do you hit that place very often? Magnolia Motor Lounge. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh yeah, I've played there. I used to play there a lot more, but yeah. Landmark's right next door. Right. So, you know. Yeah. Same thing. We cross. We cross promote <laughs> them, but. You know, yeah, it doesn't always go both ways. No, I get it. It's two different crowds too. Like Landmark, yeah. I do like Landmark before nine o'clock. Yeah, I hear you. And then it gets a little varsity. Yeah, it, I mean, it gets <laughs> it's universe. You know, it's I hear you. Does Landmark still have that mechanical bull out front? Yeah, yeah. So, I know somebody that like royally jacked himself up on that thing. Really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. him and all his buddies are just yoked. I mean, just yeah. big, big dudes. Oh, and uh, they, they're, they're the ones walking around in the Mr. Universe muscle t-shirts and stuff. Yeah. And so they show up and I'm sure the bull operator was like, <laughs> yeah. I got something for you. And then yeah. they got in a pissing contest and he held on too long, broke his wrist on it. He broke his damn wrist. Huh? Yeah. Cause the guy was going I guess a hundred percent trying to murder him. Yeah. And then getting frustrated that he couldn't shake the dude. Oh damn. And well, so, I'm not supposed to do that as far as I know. Well, uh, yeah, you don't want to hurt your clients, right? But, or your customers. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's mainly for girls wearing short skirts. Right. Right. But then an idiot like me, cause I'll get on that bull too. Like I want to see how long I can hold on. Yeah. I've done it before. And then <laughs> somebody was taking a video of me on that bull. I was like, Hmm. Yeah. This is more for chicks. Yeah. This is for chicks. Yeah. <laughs> 
but it's got the power to hurt somebody. No, it doesn't. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> Landmark's so eclectic, and it's it like it tries to grab everybody. In my opinion, yeah, you know, your mom's house or whatever is to a crowd, Varsity's to a crowd, Magnolia's to a mm. crowd, and Landmark tries to get all those crowds. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. So I like that about Landmark, and Sundays are you know Sundays are hard and especially as a musician so yeah having my every sunday gig for the last two years there i mean that's, oh wow yeah, okay with the gig that i'm hosting has been going on three years and we just had our three-year anniversary mm -hmm. we threw a big songwriting contest gave away a thousand bucks 500 to first place and <clears throat> so they're really behind me in the night and that's awesome i just appreciate that well that makes know. me like landmark a lot more yeah they're cool we pay more than magnolia yeah. <laughs> to musicians you know our sunday showcase pays 100 bucks for an hour i've got some good music you know. in there i don't know if i've seen you in there or not Well, back uh, in the day they had some amazing sundays mm -hmm. and i won the songwriting contest there in 2015 when i was just coming up and awesome. got to open it for charlie robertson william clark green nice that was all a big their, step all their you. landmark yeah yeah and that was but they don't put that kind of money in there shows anymore it's a lot of it's a lot of work to book parker mccall and william clark green green and those guys a lot of risk too you know you're paying 10 10 grand 15 grand maybe five grand back then at the low point hoping there's a good turnout and and they draw and they make a yeah. lot of money but there's just so much that goes into that you know so. yeah well i think that uh, as we move forward there's more and more musicians that are kind of turned on to fort worth as mm -hmm. somewhere to go and play and gig and um so it's probably the uh, limited availability now compared to 2015, right? I mean, for a musician trying to find a place to gig, you'd be surprised. I mean, that's what I keep hearing. Yeah. Now, I my personal experience is uh, there's more opportunity now than ever. Really? But the scene is broken up. You know, there's not yeah. really like a, a tight knit nucleus of what is Fort Worth scene. Right. You know, we which, are we're which, getting kind of spread out. Right? Yeah. Which in 2015 there definitely was. Yeah. And so yeah but now anybody can gig i mean if you practice a month on your guitar and learn 30 minutes worth of stuff even if you're terrible you could go find a couple at least 50 to 100 dollar gigs challenge accepted <laughs> <laughs> perfect but i promise you i mean when i started i didn't i started in 2013 here in fort worth and my first gigs were 50 dollar gigs on the west side max uh -huh. maxine's randy's two to two horny toad and then uh where was horny toad it's out there off of uh, highway 80 on the way to the last call okay but it's on the right yeah i think it's still out there hmm. maybe it's not called the horny yeah it's called the horny toad what was the place naughty pines was called not the naughty horny toad. <laughs> way off yeah <laughs> what was the name of this place tim love owns it now it's on i think that's still white settlement it's in a weird ass spot like down below oh jamelli jamelli yeah yeah it used to be um what that place used to be called played there back in the day when it was, it was froggies like froggies yeah, yeah froggies and they had is that boat still up there they used to have a boat that was sitting on top of like oh no froggies was kind of always run, run down, oh right? dude i know because like melly's is like mm, hot dog. oh yeah, yeah it's tim love yeah yeah so get out of here they renovated the <laughs> shit out of it It looks great it looks beautiful <laughs> um so yeah the first time i went out there i can't remember what it was called because it changed hands a few times but this was like 2011 mm-hmm and that was a shady ass place. It's shady as fuck, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I walked in there uh, a couple times. You know, I think we played some pool, and then we're like, "Oh, it's not really our scene." It's really dim. Yeah. The walls were painted black. The oh, lights yeah. were down low. I think the only place you could really see your hand in front of your face was right by the bar. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. It was just weird. And then um, we we started going there just because it was so close to this house I had over there in uh, River Oaks, and uh, I guess the bartender considered me like a, a valuable regular she came up to me one night this lady was wearing a neck brace for some reason and i i don't know 
just to set the scene dim lit bar <laughs> bartender smoky voice uh got the the neck brace on and she walks up to me and starts chatting me up and she said you know and i think she might have been a little intoxicated yeah she said you know we got this uh private room that uh that you need to check out you really need to check it out and i'm military at the time got the fresh haircut i'm like I don't know what she's... Am I allowed to go to a private What is she trying to get me into? Why does she think that like we're this close that she... Because it kind of looked like a cop. I don't know. You're right. Anyway, so she's... Yeah, she drags me down there. And like as soon as we start... Because behind the bar, there's a door that leads downstairs. Uh And underneath that place is like a whole nother room that's the same size as the top floor right it's and it's just as weird it, it's lit up just a little bit better but the the ceiling is like seven foot oh wow so I'm, I'm short enough i didn't feel like i had to duck but it's just yeah weird environment she takes me through the room all the way to the back which is kind of connected to the the outside area that backyard mm-hmm. area and uh she opens up this door and everybody in there's just smoking big clouds oh, nice. yeah and um butter um, yeah oh, yeah oh, okay <laughs> so i'm like i uh, i can't be in here yeah <laughs> uh you know i i condone what you're doing but i can't participate right? i didn't know about that room that's wild yeah well <laughs> yeah. nobody knew about that room i don't think and except for like the cool people that right. hung out there all the time yeah and so when i walked down there neck brace bartender with the smoky voice she's she knows i guess her version of what she thinks or who i am so she's cool with me being down there but everybody yeah. else whatever they're doing they're turning and look at me like did she just bring a cop down here yeah <laughs> right <laughs> so it was very very odd so i i didn't go back to that place until they yeah. redid it yeah and so it, whatever it was before Jamelli's, is that right? Jamelli, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means twins in Italian. Okay. Yeah. Nice to know. Yeah. I'll put that in the uh, the show notes. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, but it, I think Tim Love owned it prior to that, and it was something else, wasn't it? I'm unaware of that. Well, I don't. somebody else owned it. Yeah. Just before it was what it is now. And uh, so I walked in there just curious, and it was beautiful. They had uh, opened it up, you know, repainted everything. I oh, think the nice. floors got redone the bar was different they changed everything i didn't realize that there was an intermediary owner between tim love and well Foggies. and i don't know if it was tim love owning that one too but i do know that it was something else before that well i remember i had heard that truck yard was going to go there like uh, that they were opening up over there but they ended up opening their location second rodeo in the stockyards mm-hmm. but so maybe that was them i don't know but did you know they have a uh like hotel rooms there uh, oh yeah at the yeah across the river the bungalow things yeah right there like yeah. i guess attached to the restaurant i think it's like up over the hill right? oh is it really i think so huh down well, like because they go over the hill and the river's right there but then between the river and the hill there's like these bungalows what i think so that's wild and you um, can also rent like little uh gazebos for the night for your tim love what are you doing he's opening up a new venue too isn't he <laughs> yeah in the restaurant right yeah on uh, mule alley yeah I don't, I don't know much the about name it, of it. No, I don't either. But I just I saw a high tower band shouted them out saying congratulations too, or yeah. something. Yeah. So that's cool. We're all kind of in the same network. Yeah, seeing well, the yeah. same stuff. <laughs> Tim, you know, Tim has live music at all his places. And mm-hmm. He has it pretty regularly, and yeah, that's that's what I mean. There's more. There's more of that mentality coming into town now too, where you know music is a necessity for these for these uh, bottom lines. Oh yeah, you know, not just for the draw and the entertainment but mm-hmm. you know you're writing off quite a bit of expenses there 
I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. A large corporation that really helps to, yeah. you know, you got your spill charts you go and stuff, somewhere. but you can't really fudge a spill chart <laughs> and feel ethical about it, you know, but you give $200 to a musician. That's much Well, you're better. doing something yeah. good for the community, mm-hmm. helping that person make their life, and you're getting the benefit of, you know, I would say, uh, I don't know exactly how it works, but more yeah. expenses to the yeah. account, you know, so yeah. you can keep more of your well, profit in the end. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping people bank on uh, whenever I start looking for sponsorship is, you know, it's, it's advertising. It's a write-off. Exactly. What are you worried about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And there's tons of the, Dallas. There's tons of this big out of big money in Dallas Fort Worth now. Oh yeah. I mean, you can just see it everywhere and all these new kind of the, the trends, the national trends are here and they're especially here in Fort Worth and, you know, I would have thought it would have taken a lot longer, to be honest. Yeah. Well, we were uh, talking about this on the shuttle ride over. I told you we went to go drop the Jeep off, get the oil changed. Guy brought us back in a shuttle, and we were talking about um, the the price for a 1,500-square-foot home in Fort Worth versus the top end, uh, which is, I believe, it was either San Francisco or San Diego. I'm sure it was San Francisco. Yeah. But the difference was a 1,500-square-foot home in Fort Worth, and this was 2019 when they did this study, was 144,000. That was the average right. in Fort Worth. Right. And now the average in 2019 in San Francisco was $1.2 million. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, like, I think shit. our average has gone to about oh, half yeah. a million, right? Yeah. Or quarter, quarter million, maybe. Two fifty. My brother <sighs> has a house on West Point over here mm-hmm. in Burlington mm-hmm. and over close to here, but that he bought it for 110, and I know they're they're well over 200 now. Yeah. Yeah, um, I I don't know what the the increase has been, but yeah, 2019 versus 2022, it's going to be extremely different. Yeah, because there has been so much growth in this area, Texas yeah. as a whole, but Fort Worth also. The first time I got the first push out, I I got I used to live in the Fairmount, mm-hmm. and most of my life I lived around Fort Worth for between three hundred and five hundred dollars a month for a little one bedroom apartment, or yeah, mother in law suite, and mm-hmm. you know never where it was only in the last couple of years that rent went up to a thousand or more for you know one bedrooms. But I lived yeah. in the Fairmount for a long time on uh, Lipscomb, which mm-hmm. is one street over from Hemp Hill. Okay, and uh, hasn't always been the greatest neighborhood. You know, when I grew up, I was told to stay off Hemp Hill and yeah. Rosedale. You know, yeah. But um, so it's five hundred bucks, real nice mother-in-law suite. But it was 2015 or 16 when the new tax assessment came, and the, they appraised that the house for over three hundred fifty thousand dollars. And damn, their taxes went up accordingly. It right. was appraised at like one, you know, ninety, one ten, because it was in a pretty bad neighborhood. But it's yeah. a large house with the mother-in-law suite. And mm-hmm. so, anyways, yeah, I had to up my rent to like eight hundred bucks. I was like, well, I can't do that. Yeah, nearly double, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and he's like, well, that's what they're doing to me, you know. Right. So, you know, since then it's only grown more and more. But mm-hmm. but I can say that I made more money as a musician. And the musician who moved into my house was also on a world touring band and had, could afford $800 At the time. a month, you yeah. know, and still does. <laughs> okay, <know>? good. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's wild out there, man. But, yeah, we're in one of the – I think Texas has – four or five of the top 10 fastest growing cities in the United yeah, States. Yeah, yeah. And then Fort Worth, I think nationwide is, you know, it's third or fourth fastest growing in the nation just on its own. Yeah. And then uh, I just found out, we're talking to Betsy Price, that uh, Tarrant, yeah, Tarrant County is like the 14th largest county in the U.S. Oh, wow. So, I mean, this is kind of a big area. Yeah. Right? It's, a, it's a crazy spot to be in. Yeah. Um, and... I love Fort Worth, and I lived down in Austin for a little bit, and it reminded me how much I love Fort Worth. 
um, I just hope that it doesn't lose its soul to all this new money that's coming into it. Yeah. Population expansion, lots of new businesses. Right. All these Amazon warehouses are a trip. Yeah. I mean, they're everywhere and they're huge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think, you know, I honestly think that it, it already has changed. I mean, oh, maybe yeah. there's some soul there, but yeah. those, the small town feel, it's just, I don't know if, it, you know, I don't know if it's a... We're losing some cool shit, man. I mean, yeah. um, so we lived off of 7th Street uh, just across from Rodeo Goat for a little while. Yeah. And that was a cool little setup. And, you know, we could walk out our front door and we're at Fred's. Yeah. Or Rodeo Goat or American Garden. And we could walk out the back door and be at uh, Bodega or yeah. whatever. It was just a really cool spot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just in the little bit of time that we were there, uh, things have changed a lot. And then now, now we're losing... Fred's and I understand Fred's is going to open up somewhere else. Yeah, but that sucks. Well, Landmark Magnolia, Landmark Yard, Magnolia, yeah. that whole court, that whole block, city block's gone in, in the next year or two. And aren't they putting in like apartments or something? Yeah, hotels, a couple apartments, and I mean, come on, some shops. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, because that little pocket right there, that Seventh Street pocket, was so cool. Yeah, I it think was that, awesome. I think it's run its course too. There's I think you're right. Shootings down there, and I did not know about that. There's been some shootings. There's one in front Damn. of Bodega this year. Oh shit! There was one also in behind the yard this year. No, um, but yeah, there's been some shootings, and and <sighs> you know, there's a lot of. I mean, I don't know if Fort Worth really needs a college area like that. You know, in with, my opinion. Yeah, with TCU. I mean, yeah, it's great to have a place for college kids to go get drunk, but yeah. it's not close to the college. No, you know? and I mean, you know they they, can, they have kids, their own little and they shit can stay going on down there. Right, they need to expand that into these kind mm-hmm. of Sixth Street, reminiscent of Austin Sixth Street yeah. clubs. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't really see the Seventh Street serving serving a uh, a large majority of the town anymore. I think yeah. it's really serving like only the partiers, the drinkers, the young twenty to thirties, the yeah. well dressed, also the the affluent. I mean, drinks down there are like eight bucks. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> for, easy. Uh, whatever, yeah, oh, easy, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, fourth people are used to drinking for two dollars. What's that Cody Jinx song? Two dollar wells and three dollar two dollar beers. Three dollar. I don't know what people are used to anymore. I had, I was used to two dollars and fifty cents for a beer. Yeah. Three seventy five for a beer max. Yeah. yeah. That's the fancy place. Yeah, and then you still got a buck that you can leave for tip. You know, if you're yeah. paying with a bill. Yeah. Or with five, you know, but those places have dried up and gone. But I mean, the rent down there is so insane. You can't blame the establishments. Yeah. Um, I just exactly. hope that what's going on with the area that we're talking about on 7th street doesn't cross the street into like Lola's. Cause that's another place that I really, really yeah. don't want to see go, you know? Yeah. I hope it doesn't. Brian, Brian will be around for, I know Brian Varela. Yeah. Kind of will. And I know that, but he's also have to survive and he's expanded, you know, to the Lola's trailer park mm-hmm. and brought in some investors for that. And, yeah. you know, they've I, I opened up for Kevin Fowler there a couple of years really? ago, which was a cool, that is cool, cool thing for me to do. Yeah. So yeah, I think that Fred will be around for a while, but he's also expanding and you know, there's so much positivity and negativity about that. Like, Oh damn, they got two venues in one. And it's like, it doesn't make sense. And, I but you it. know, it's like, yeah, it's great. You have the saloon, the mm-hmm. inside stage, the outside stage. It makes perfect, fucking, it makes yeah. perfect sense to well, me. And you, this, this has worked out for me a couple of times. Like I've been with people down there. They're like, Oh, I really want to see this band or I really want to do this thing that's going on in the back. And yeah. I'll be like, I'll go with you. 
Right. But I'll be up front. Yeah, I could I could choose where yeah. Which is awesome. I think that's perfect. And that's <laughs> you know, Landmark does that a little bit on Sundays. I always want to pipe our open mic and our showcase out on the outside speakers and mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah. you know, they like to do these beats and bands. Like before pandemic, I, we were doing uh every Friday night we had local bands inside mm-hmm. with a DJ on the patio or it was vice nice. versa, you know. Yeah. Give people options and you know, I don't know. People don't want to know what the hell they want. They yeah. just want to like go out and well, that's another cool Have thing fun. about Lola's is there's always something different going on. Like, it, and it's not to like one audience either. Like, I've I've seen rap artists there, I've seen bluegrass there, I've seen all sorts of different music, and yeah. then I've seen art shows. I've seen um, I've, there's there's just there's always something going on out there, and yeah. it, it doesn't necessarily fit any one format. So. Right. I love it. I yeah, I love it, it too, man. I mean, <laughs> and you know, it's cool to see how much these places depend on art and the local, you know, the artistic community and, and, and trying to always pull that in and that you can see that they're pulling in, you know, not the typical stuff every time, yeah. you know, back when it was exclusive 2000. So I, li- I lived in Oregon for, from 2008 or nine until 2012. Around Portland or more out in the sticks? Eugene. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I was, a t- I, I went, finished school there. I did a year of grad school up there and and I quit, and then I was taught a year up there, and I quit, and <laughs> moved to Fort Worth and taught for a couple of years and quit. Right. I was going to ask you about that. I said you're an educator. Yeah, and I, I love, you know, I loved all that, but it just never was the administration and the, the overall ideology of education's really screw, skewed right now. Yeah, it's all about profit. All the teachers want to be administrators. Nobody mm. wants to be a community person. Yeah, so I just, you know, it wasn't what I wanted, but yeah. It was really cool to tie me over and help me experience mm-hmm. some stuff. But I moved. I was working with Fourth ISD, and I was teaching at, at Cesar Chavez Elementary in the North Side, okay. 2012 and 13. So I came home with that job, and um, yeah, and so I started discovering the music scene. What was I going to say about it though? I threw us off course. You were talking about moving from uh, Eugene, Oregon. Yeah, and I moved down here during that time, and it was exclusive, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to get into the scene, I spent a lot of money drinking. <laughs> you, know? you can, <laughs> and I, even you know, at 250 beer. And when I came home, there was only, so the main venues were the Cellar, the Aardvark, the Grotto. All three of those are gone. And yeah. Lola's, you know, and, yeah. and uh, Magnolia Motor Lounge. But that was like a tier above. Yeah. You know, at the, in that day, it was yeah. like you had to be somebody to play there. Right. And it was all of our hopes. I emailed Beckman for five years before, oh, I, ever, shit. before I ever got a response, <laughs> you know. And then I got my residency in 2016 with them. Nice. So... But now things are different. The, the three of those bars I mentioned don't even exist. You know, Fred's had the old school outside stage back then, and yeah. it was uh, there wasn't a lot of stuff going down on Seventh Street either. Right, um, and it was exclusive. Everyone talked about how hard it was to get into the forward scene, but you know, honestly, since 2014, Cody Jinx has made it out. Uh-huh. Leon Bridges, Marin Morris, Casey Musgraves. You know, they're all from right here around here. Charlie Crockett's, you know, the next one just won Emerging Artist of the Year awesome. Americana Award. Um, but yeah, it's like now we're on the map, and so everybody needs music. Everybody wants to be a part of the next rising star. Right. And 
Yeah, so it's way different. It's a, anybody can do it right now. It's I think we got 10, 10 to fifteen more years. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and then it's gonna be like Austin, pay to play. Yeah, you know, no real good gigs, fifty bucks here and there, and or like Nashville Broadway, where it's like put your tip jar out. You know, now yeah. people come here to see music, so you, we don't have to pay you anymore. Yeah. You know? Oh shit, is hope that? We don't get there. That's <laughs> awful, man. I hope I have a hit record before that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, well, uh, I mean, as much material you're putting out, your music's excellent. So. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I, if anybody's got a shot at it, you do. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I thank you. I feel that too. Not to be uh, too big on myself, but I think you got to have that kind of hope for yourself. Anyway. Well, and, and the one thing that you said to me uh, during our correspondence, talking back and forth, setting this up, that, that really stood out to me. I, I said something to the effect of, well, we probably don't want to go too early. I know you're a performer, so. You know, mornings really aren't your thing. And you said, no, I'm a professional. <laughs> Hell yeah. I was and wondering you know you what? That. That, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> no, no, that, that, that resonates with me because there's, you know, inside the artistic community, whether it's, uh, you know, performing artists with their music, podcasters, uh, people, photography, whatever, creators are typically not professional. <laughs> well, yeah. And I honestly have been, you know, I've gone through it. So I, it like goes I, a long like way. Like I said, though. I spent, I think, 2013, 14, and 15 sleep until four o'clock every mm-hmm. every day and staying up till five or six in the morning every day that's part of the show though, that was right? part of me meeting yeah. everybody and there was a time where we could still go on sit on these porches and you'd be sitting there with uh you know a couple zach pack scott copeland vince neil emerson you know some of these hard-working guys not some some bigger than others but we'd all be yeah. sitting on the porch together yeah. you know at tom flynn's house who's a sound guy at the basement bar and mm-hmm. scott Bolin would come over you know or, and um some of these guys are they're not like nationally famous but they're a big deal right to be hanging out just okay let me sh- show me a song joe you know yeah. it's like really you know so we have trade songs it's awesome man it was really cool yeah yeah uh, i dig but, that i dig the whole music scene I, me and Lindsay were talking about this in that badass bonus room they got with the exposed uh insulation that's perfect for sound deadening <laughs> yeah. anyway we were talking about how it's you don't have to be big in order to get to a point where you can support yourself off this music because exactly. especially in Fort Worth. And then that was resonated with uh guitar Frenchie. When he came on, he's playing gigs in Abilene, Texas and loving it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he, he's not sitting on his high horse. You know, he's, he's uh, the guitarist for Jack Ingram band, mm-hmm. you know, you would, in my mind. And I, I, I'm just kind of getting into the music scene. So I don't know how all this works or, yeah. or what the vibe is or how people act or whatever. But, from an outsider like me looking in well you're the guitarist for jack ingram why would you be playing at a crappy little bar in abilene texas yeah, but yeah that's his thing and because that's his thing he's never out of work right so he'll play in abilene he'll play in fort worth he'll catch a gig down in austin yeah he, he's in vegas right now yeah so i mean people like that uh people like you people that consider it something where they need to work at it and inject some professionalism I think that those are the people that are going to make something. Yeah, so, for that's sure. what I was trying to say about that. We would be all drunk on those songwriting you know, <laughs> sessions and staying <laughs> yeah. up all night. And there's yeah. no professionalism. A lot well, of you know, a lot of us would call into gigs or no show gigs. Oh or, shit! You know, you can make people angry, fighting, arguing. You know, I mean, it was just a. Everyone goes through it. to become a professional at anything. I think you know, and, and for me, I'm glad I went through all that before I get any fame. Or large notoriety or large amounts of money. Yeah. Know, like yeah. 2014, Leon Bridges and I were still buddies. And he signed that contract 
a December mm-hmm. with Columbia Records for a million dollars. Jesus. The last time we talked, it was that chat room. And there's a bunch of us, a couple of buddies, chat rats, you know, I used yeah. to hang out there a lot. And we we're like, how much money do you have? You know, and he's like, after taxes, 600 grand, you know, and I think yeah. about it now. It's like, if I had $600,000 in December of 2014, I don't know if I would still be here. Might not be a planet, good thing. You know? Yeah, no, I, I get that. So I it's feel like it. everybody in their time, right? Or, mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, in, in, we were watching some movie last night and it was some, the, the, the character in the movie, she had some badass job making ungodly amounts of money in New York. And then she lost her job and now she's out on her ass and she doesn't know what she's going to do. Right. And you're thinking to yourself, lady, you were making more money in a year than most people do in five. <laughs> what have you been doing with your money? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and he's right. Capital gains tax, you know, I guess. Yeah. Because that's 40%, right? Yeah. It's quite, so yeah. he got 600 out of that 1 million. Right. You better put that in something. Go buy some property mm-hmm. or something. Because, yeah. Set yourself up for the rest of your yes, life. Yeah. Yes. And as far as I know, Leon's just been uh, a, a great example for all, for all of us to follow. Mm-hmm. And not only for persistence is key belief in yourself being humble and nice you know yeah. and uh i think those are the things that took leon to where he's at and being signed by columbia is the dream i mean that's what happened to bob dylan in greenwich village you know awesome. and i think i compare fort worth to greenwich village a lot yeah. during the bob dylan you know uh dave von wrong times and stuff up there because it's true i mean you you know i know famous people like I'm one i'm not removed from leon at all I've, I've been in the same room with him we've opened shows for each other you know that's all changed of course yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's wild that columbia came in and signed him you know that Mm -hmm. it was columbia records it's just a dream you know so um it's close enough that it's tangible it's right there you know it's my perspective yeah it did it 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 showed me that's my journey towards professionalism and you know now i view myself as a uh glorified waiter (laughs) a glorified member of the service industry (laughs) and that's really what i do i mean i'm a part of the service industry 80 percent of my shows and and my gigs take around you know from the time i leave my house six to eight hours so Mm -hmm. it's like a normal job yeah and i try to get home you know i try to be done by 11 you you mentioned your uh your new studio and you're getting that all rigged up for uh videos and playing music and stuff so are you creating more content do you have a youtube channel I do have a YouTube channel. I haven't started using the the actual studio. I've only even moved my computer out there for like three days now. Yeah. So I'm excited about that though. That's I did cool. want to mention Eagles Point. They're really good people though. For sure. Uh, and they're on they're in Saginaw. Yeah, I've, to, I've been there. Yeah, I went to Boswell High School. Yeah, so it's great I saw to have that. a gig at hometown too. That, you that's know? where my first house was, uh, right across the street from that. Uh, New high school? Oh, the, I don't know if that's the same one. I so think I, it is. I wasn't around when I was there. Okay. It was only Boswell. Okay. And, uh, I was class of 2002. All right. And that's but, now the middle school, isn't it? Or is it? No, it's still a high school. Okay. It's just uh, Wayside Elementary still over there. Right. But um, I wouldn't, uh, you know, but it's great to have a hometown gig. The yeah. JT and Mandy who run Eagles Point, they just opened up another Eagles Point in Burleson. Oh, really? It's about to, okay, it's about to have a grand opening. Because Eagles Point's not that old. It's been there maybe four or five years. Yeah. And JT and Mandy bought it. Think only a couple years or two oh years. There okay was different owners for a second oh you know what i'm glad to hear that because yeah. the place before was shady as shit yeah it was, was really well stuff, same name though right same name yeah and they've yeah. really taken the brand to another level and jt's an excellent food foodie guy you okay know, chef cool. and like cool. it's really food oriented bar and yeah. Uh, yeah so i used to get my haircut right there and then if there was a wait for the haircut depending on what time of day i was either going to eagles point 
or that little Mexican food restaurant. Right oh, there. Polito's. Yeah, yeah. Which we is went there in high bomb. school. I loved it. Yeah, my my best friend in high school's girlfriend worked there. Yeah, forever. It's pretty good. So we went there all the time. Nice I love little Polito's. spot. Everything yeah. he needs in that little shopping center. They got a gun store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They got comic books. I think they have a nail bar next mm-hmm. door. Yeah, yeah. Water burger in the next parking yeah. lot over. Yeah. If you need so it, you could just put a tent there, live there for life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're great. Weekly gigs. You know, I just wanted to touch on that. Was yeah. like they're the lifeblood to a musician like me. You know, I mean, I've accepted where I'm at as far as I don't have a lot of delusions about what I'm doing. Like I said, I'm a glorified member of the service industry. <laughs> I'm there to help sell beer and food and yeah, make people yeah. happy. But I take all that money. And a good residency like these can net, you know, a six to a thousand, six hundred to a thousand a month. You know, nice. so a couple of those can take me into fifty grand a year status already. You know, yeah. or, or close. You know, mm-hmm. forty, forty something grand. That's livable, yeah. and that's a livable thing. And that's two gigs. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I just really love that. That uh, if I can, you know, because Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are the hardest days to book. Mm-hmm. So it's still exclusive on those days. If you like you were saying, it's hard to book those days because not as many people need music. But Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there are hundreds of gigs a night around here. Yeah. So it's great to have people who take a chance on guys like me during the week. And then, Tuesday, especially. You know, Tuesday's a, uh, not a lot of people spend money on Tuesday. Yeah. Compared to Friday. And That's wild. Yeah. Because it, it, I don't understand it, but in food service, Tuesdays is always the down day. Yes. Wild. <laughs> they, they, yeah. Yeah. And they do Taco Tuesdays there, and we have a great crowd. Yeah. People are. Like, Taco's pretty good. Tacos are great. They're street nice. tacos. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have to check that place out. But they have another thing called the Chubby Chaser. Okay. And it's a burger with macaroni and cheese poured all over it. Oh, shit. It's wild. That's but they have a lot of cool. Is it good? It is good. Because some people, they mess around with macaroni and they just. You get your burger and like. Fall short. There's just mac and cheese pooled around it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. That's it's wild. a nice burger. Okay. We're going to have to try that. But it's out just something sure. extravagant. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You got to go take a clear your car arteries out after that you know, <laughs> yeah. like, go for a jog yeah but jt and mandy i love them and, and same with uh jason the general manager over there who's actually now my brother he was the mm-hmm. bartender at landmark when we started sundays nice but he's been promoted and he's now the general manager of playground the yard and landmark all at the same time wow what he's, yeah how do you do that he's killing them <laughs> i mean he's literally knocking heads their sunday nights at the yard are running 35 grand to fifty thousand dollars in sales each night with, Damn. and they're doing a uh, mexican bands so they have a promoter who's a uh, local but he uh he's in the bilingual community uh-huh. and the chicano and mexican community tejano yeah. so they pack it out there and nice. so that's security for me since they're all owned by the same people yeah you know we're trying to run like 3500 yeah a yeah. sunday you know yeah they run 35 grand so nobody <laughs> cares anymore everybody's just happy so yeah. but those two places and you know there's all it's you know it's uh it's hard to find people to take a risk on a local guy like that and mm-hmm. pay you know when you look at two or three hundred bucks a night comes out 10 grand a year you know and that it helps t- towards a normal income i think 50 grand a year is kind of what people need to make to survive these Minimum, days yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. so yeah, if I can get a fifth of my income from one place, you know, I'm just so grateful for that. So yeah. I did want to touch back on Hell that. Yeah, yeah, big shout out. Yeah. Very grateful. I, yeah. I get it. Um, and then I saw that uh, just recently you, you played for a wedding venue. So you're into to doing private performances for people too, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah, I would do that a lot. And that wedding was cool. It was at was the it? downtown Fort Worth Century Hall. Yeah, the picture, the picture that... That was on your uh, Facebook. I I didn't recognize it, but that looked that like a pretty cool was venue. Cool too. Yeah. yeah, that was an old building. It's like a hundred year old building, right yeah. in the middle of downtown. Uh-huh. 
right on right across the street from Thompson's Books. Okay. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was cool, man. And I got in I got that gig from uh Cowtown Winery back in the days. Do you remember that place? It was like a across the street from basement bar next door to the tattoo ranch what's this place this was cowtown brewery okay that's a uh, off of uh, Belknap. uh-huh yeah this was a uh, cowtown wineries now and by the drover down there mule alley okay next door to second rodeo yeah how about that damn place holy shit that's a cool place yeah I, I i've stung. been inside it i yeah. haven't spent any money there yet <laughs> yeah i haven't played there yet <laughs> but we tried to get a drink there one time we were just strolling around we'd do this we'll go down the stockyards and just kind of go into shops and stuff and yeah and uh, we went in there. I was like, let's get a drink, you know, hang out for a minute. And there was a line at the oh, really? bar. Dude, like 40 deep. Oh, wow. And they got three bars, I think. Or there was, one, yeah, there's one outside and two inside, I think. And you just you couldn't get a drink. So those there's guys. There's so many people there. That own that are the owners of the truck yards. Have you ever been to any of the truck yards? There's one in the colony. There's one in Houston and the original one in Dallas. Okay. And there are places like that, but they bring in these food trucks. Oh, okay. So then you can drink and eat, but those places are packed. And I played, I played for all those places for quite a while. There's that's, a certain agency that kind of runs that corporation's business. That's who owns the Drover. That's who owns Second Rodeo. Oh, Second Rodeo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've been yeah. in there. The place is awesome. Yeah, the owners of the Drover are some millionaire guys. My yeah. stepbrother actually is a waiter there, and he gives me some scoop on all the yeah. craziness down there. Dude, it's so sick. Yeah, uh, like. It's the nicest establishment it's in, in Fort Worth. I, the think. I don't know. It's just oh, beautiful. Yeah. It it's is absolutely beautiful. I've done a wedding there too for yeah, yeah. A friend of mine, Tave Dotty. What up, Tave? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Tave. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, that place is uh, help me the name of it. The uh, the venue, Second Rodeo. Second Rodeo. Um, we've been in there a few times. Hell, we might have even... You've played there. I haven't played there yet. Oh, no, okay. I don't work with the agency that books there anymore, okay. unfortunately. But I do love the owners of the truck yard. But they, they're such a large, multi-million dollar establishment corporation now. They don't deal with musicians. Yeah. You know, they have a booking agent that handles all of it. <laughs> well, the the reason I thought I might have seen you play there is because it's kind of kind of that it's my genre. Alley. Yeah, yeah, it's right in my alley. And they have music, more music there. It just, they really just proven some of the things i was talking about write-offs and things like that i don't know how it all works yeah but they have music seven days a week all day mm-hmm. and you know so they're gonna take a loss some days you know but it doesn't matter you know they're yeah. they're gonna like you said those lines out the door that's how it was in the truck yards and that's why they called this place their second rodeo mm-hmm. this ain't their first rodeo. yeah and so but the truck yards are crazy the one in the colony was the third one they built and it's amazing it's just it's so large they have you walk in and you know how Cadillacs, that place in the desert where the Cadillacs are dug into the ground? Yeah. Well, they have something like that with Impalas or something <laughs> oh, lining this fucking driveway. They so have, like 50 cars? Uh, 20, 20 cars. Damn. Like 10 on each side. Like wild. Pretty wild for a place to go drink beer, you know? <laughs> but uh, they're wild. They also have these museums at each of their, the new ones, the Colony and the Houston and the museums. It's all these toilet seats and like crazy artwork that they have, but they built their buildings are enormous and just the scale of what they're operating with is crazy. You know, yeah. like I think that, you know, saying that a place called like the yard can do 35 grand on a Sunday, these truck yard people are running like probably quarter, half a million a week, you oh, know? Yeah. Like, believe it. And so the second rodeo that they need more write-offs, they need more expenses. You know, if yeah. they, even since it's under the same umbrella, if they lose their ass every day at second rodeo, it just covers 
yeah the profits from the other three sure you know what sure I mean? so it's great to have people like that that are so music oriented mm-hmm. no matter what reason they're doing it for i'm hoping with uh second rodeo and mule alley and the drover i'm hoping they do something with that creek behind it oh it's beautiful back there right it could be but yeah. right now it's just trashed out with floods it floods you can tell that by just walking around you can see the water level like where it goes yeah it's so high you really can't do much yeah well if you got somebody down there to clean it up uh once in a while yeah okay i hear you but just some regular cleaning would just be some great regular yeah. maintenance yeah well, they're starting to get so nice we need some european-minded stuff like that you know like yeah. i lived in spain for a few years they really? really hose their streets every night yeah you know, like in some of these big cities like but yeah, I lived there three years total for mm-hmm. different little uh, different things. Well, then I've got questions for you. Yeah, yeah. Because throw them at I was me. looking just been at chattering it, away here. I'm sorry. What, no, that's what this <laughs> that's what this turns into. And uh, you know, I'll take you and I haven't had a lot of dead space in here. But usually, what I'll do is I'll just I'll try to compress the episode a little bit. Yeah, I might take a little bit out here and there just yeah, to kind of do your thing, man. Yeah. But and then if we have any dead spots, I'll trim out the dead audio. But we haven't had any of that. <laughs> I'm pretty good about that. But some some of these episodes, I mean, I've I've uh, I've released some that are like an hour and a half long. So cool. Even with me compressing it. So yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, you steer the ship. I know I, I could talk, I could talk forever <laughs> and you're welcome back anytime by the no, way. Thank you. Man. Um, yeah. I'm hoping that eventually I'll have people like, Hey man, what are you doing this weekend? Nothing. You want to come do a recording? So yeah, anytime. Cool, man. Thank um, you. Man. And then maybe we could even record out at your, uh, your new studio. Yeah, dude, that would be pretty cool. I'll, I'll bring it all down there. In. Yeah. Some cross promotion mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, dude. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Um, so I was looking at a, we're trying to. We, we've got our passports. The only place we've used them so far is Mexico. Okay, cool. And uh, so anyway, I'm looking at different places, and uh, so I'll I'll find like a area on the map where I want to travel to, and then I'll just put in hotels, and then I'll see what's in the area, and then I got to find the airport. It's a little game I play. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> but I so I found Morocco, and I'm like, okay, Morocco. I think that's right, Morocco. And then you got Italy and Spain. Yeah, yeah, Morocco's right. northern Africa. Yeah. But just directly below Spain, Monaco. I'm Monaco. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. All right. Monaco. Yeah. So Monaco is just this little bitty pocket. Yeah, I know. It's Mon- like yeah. its own thing. It's in northern Italy, right? Yeah. 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 North Italy, and then right next door or on top and around is Spain. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. And then if you, or no France. Well, then Dora. It might be one you're talking about. There's a country Dora. called Andorra. I saw that Andorra's too. in the Pyrenees, and it's its own country. A little bitty, little bitty random thing. France and Spain here, but yeah. Monaco's the same kind of. Yeah, thing a city yeah. state or whatever, but you're coastal and you can look at the big yeah billion the dollar yachts there, right? and the races. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was thinking that's about checking that out. But uh, <laughs> what's it like driving through there? Because I'm like, oh, that's not that far away. We could drive, and then I'm like, hold on, Andrew, that's not Texas. Well, Spain is smaller than Texas. Sure, but like so, the roads, like so if, if I get on I twenty, I if it's sixty miles, I can be there in sixty minutes, going ten hundred oh, speed limit. Similar. Okay, okay, yeah. I mean, you might drive a little slower. Some there's no eighty miles an hour, right? But I, I noticed, you know, there's elevations, <laughs> right? The Autobahn. Yeah. So there's elevations, you know, and and th- you know turns and all that. And I twenty is just like. Pew line well, of sight almost because it's just straight and flat no elevation yeah so I, I was just trying to take that into consideration but is it pretty easy to get around oh, yeah i love it we've rented a car get plenty, yourself a rental car and just get after it so the farthest we went was like we rented a car in barcelona once and drove all the way into like toulouse mm-hmm. france and then mm-hmm. back down the coast and stuff it was yeah. super cool yeah um i've lived there so i mean we i lived in, Tol- in toledo toledo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then uh we drive an hour to madrid it's a flat, straight I twenty, you know, yeah. pretty much. What were you doing there for two years? First year I went there. Uh, uh, I first went to Spain on a 
just a random backpacking trip uh-huh. in 2005. Okay. First time I left the country, first time I got my passport, I went on about, it was two months. I planned for three months, but I got a little homesick at the end. Yeah. But I went two months backpacking, staying out of hostels, and I visited Madrid. I rode a lot of trains, and um, but I'm a Hemingway freak. I love Hemingway, and okay. some of his books were written in Spain. Yeah. Or set in Spain. Um. So, anyways, it's always been on my map, and I studied abroad there in 2006 for a year at Barcelona for the entire academic year. I saw that on your and that was list wild. of credentials. Yeah, yeah. So, a girlfriend of mine talked me into that. You know, we were dating here, and she was from a more affluent family. Went to TCU. Mm-hmm. I was still kind of at TCC, not really doing much. <laughs> and nothing uh, wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. But so I went to Wesleyan, and I started taking out student loans, and um. Wesleyan's expensive, and yeah. so is TCU, but Wesleyan's oh, yeah. cheaper, you know. Uh-huh. But anyway, so, yeah, and uh, through her influence, she was going to study in Barcelona, and uh, so I, I signed up, too. I was like, well, I really like you and want to continue this. This sounds cool. And yeah. So, yeah, I did it. We broke up <laughs> over there. <laughs> <laughs> so, is, so, so, such is life. Yeah, that's, but, that's what happens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, she stayed another five years. Oh, damn. And she really liked it, and she almost married some Spanish guy, I think, and she's back home now. We still know each other. And, um, yeah, I did a year in, at the University of Barcelona. It was life-changing. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was, I don't know, it was just everything I thought a university yeah. experience could be. You know, I mean, going from Wesleyan, which was basically in the ghetto still back mm-hmm. there in a really bad part of town. Yeah. It's nicer over there now. Yeah. But, you know, um, then going to live in this huge city that's basically New York City of of Spain, you know, yeah. and some say of Europe, you know, it's just, it's a Barcelona's like... Was it a cu- huge culture shock? I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like New York. You're walking in city blocks with high-rises and millions of people everywhere. Yeah. Um, I loved it, though, you know. I just, it's, it's, I had culture, reverse culture shock coming back. Yeah. Um, but I finished school over some, over a long longer winded story <laughs> <laughs> i ended up graduating from university of oregon okay um in 2009 and then i applied to grad school you know some people some of my professors were like you should apply to grad school and i was like okay i'll do that <laughs> what do i do in the meantime and they're like well go do this program where you can teach english in spain so i signed up the last day you were eligible to to apply for this part this uh it's called cultural ambassadors program okay and I got in. They called me and that, you know, a couple of weeks before I was about to graduate with my undergrad. And uh, they're like, you're in. You don't get to go to the spot you wanted, but we're going to send you to this place called Mora. And it was like a small town about an hour outside of Toledo. So like Madrid's here and then Toledo and then Mora. It'd be kind of like working in Springtown, you know? Yeah. And then you got Fort Worth and <laughs> Dallas or something. <laughs> but uh, Shout out Springtown. <laughs> So like a Spaniard coming and living in Springtown who doesn't speak English. Yeah. <laughs> well, I spoke pretty good Spanish, you know, yeah. I still do. But I was there to teach English. I was an auxiliary, so my job wasn't even to teach the kids English. I taught the teachers English. Okay. So during the bilingual programs, I had 12 on-site hours, and then I have tutoring sessions, conversational with the professors. It was great. 14 hours a week, paid like 1300 a month, euros, and then I had lodging. <clears throat> nice. So it was awesome. I did that for a year. I could have stayed another. I could have stayed indefinitely. Yeah. But I got accepted to grad school, and so I went back to Oregon. But um, so say you fly in, and you've got a Texas driver's license. Can yeah. you get a rental car? Yeah. 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 We do okay. Texas driver's license and your passport. And then what's uh, how hard is that language barrier? 
I mean, I'm sure the oh. larger cities, not so much, but like you get into Royal Spain. Everyone speaks English. Really? Yeah. Okay. You, I mean, Spanish people are terrible at English and they're really insecure about speaking English. Oh, no. But they speak fine. Yeah. And they will if they... The, what I've found is that since I speak Spanish, every Spanish person I meet in Spain is more comfortable to speak to me in English because okay. they don't want to show off how bad they are. Right. Because I'm pretty decent. You can, I still have an accent in yeah. Spanish, but I'm wow. fluent. I can hear everything. Mm-hmm. I can converse. I'm never lost. Like it's taken, you know, 10, 10 or 15 years to get there. Yeah. So you won't have to worry about that anywhere in Europe, really. Yeah. I mean, English is really the second language of the world. So. Will my West Texas Spanish help me at all? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I start. I learned. I began learning in the restaurants with the cooks. So baños and cervezas still yeah. works. Oh okay. yeah. Plaza. Yeah. Ponme una cerveza. Yeah. No, you should totally do it, man. I mean, uh, oh, we're going to fly into Madrid or something yeah. and drive over to Monaco would be really cool. Just wondering how much of a headache it's going to be. Well, um, they go to the European Union now too, which is something I didn't know. In 2005, I thought that each place had their own currency. Still, I was looking forward to like collecting currencies and. Mm-hmm. No, it's. I mean, it's like the United States in yeah. many ways. So, they're really all connected. There's only there's few places that aren't part of the EU that are connected, like to the like physically by land to the European to yeah. Europe. You know, yeah. so you can easily go through different countries and stuff. So did you did you travel around a lot while you were there? Yeah, I've done a lot of different visits around Europe yeah. and gone all the way to Egypt as far as that in that world and Turkey. Uh, and I've gone as far north as like Sweden, Oslo, and stuff. Did you ever go to Cyprus? Didn't go to Cyprus, but I've been to Greece. That's another place I looked up. I was just like, "That's random as shit." What's this? Yeah, there's a cool guy I like to watch on Vice. I can't remember his name right now, but he just did a thing about Cyprus. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. His Talking name. about the history there. Or? Yeah, he's yeah. got like red hair. Okay. His videos are on point. I check have to it. Look out. up his name for you. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, you know, someday I would really, really love to start something where I dive into a subject and just tackle it yeah these these social media guys that make legit educational badass videos yeah man i would love to do some type of series on that not make my life about it but at least do like i've been thinking about it too 50 episodes set i had a bad time in grad school because there was this thing called professionalization going on but i love writing and i love research and investigation and like but i wasn't doing it for them yeah you know what i mean so but i would love to get back to that like you're saying like yeah investigate something and well I th- i'm not trying i to think my big hang up for a long time and i'm totally over it now that i've been doing the podcast thing is i didn't want to bite off something and not do it right and so like ap format and exactly you know all the correct ways to do stuff but if i wait my whole life to learn that shit I'm never going to get to create anything. Well, and what made me a star in college was that I was great at all that. I could, mm-hmm. I didn't have to know anything to write a, uh, an A plus paper. I charged people money to write their papers, <laughs> $10 per hundred words. Nice. And I made Damn, a lot of money in my college career, like <laughs> doing this And the way that I would do, it, I literally tell me what the topic is. So that I get the topic and I go through the library and just find random books, mm-hmm. 10 or five to 10 random books. Yeah. Uh, you know now you could just search online or right, whatever. Right. <laughs> but yeah. anyway and then I'd sit down and just from the titles of the books I'd come up with my thesis statement for that paper nice. and you just play that game right mm-hmm. and you don't have to have a lot of sustenance you you just really need to connect the dots between already published people and that's what the that's the sad part about 
the collegiate paper game is that you know you spend all this time learning ap and how to speak clearly to others but then try to put your own ideas into that and watch right. them shred your soul which is yeah. basically yeah. what they did to me on the grad school level mm -hmm. up to that point i don't think they were even reading my work yeah they were just checking the boxes to make sure I did these AP format things and right. I had five sources and yeah. these sources were legitimate and they were previously published. And if you could go and find current professors who are being published currently and incorporate that as one of your sources, A plus every yeah. time, <laughs> A plus, because then they're like, wow, this guy's like on edge. You know, he's not, he's on the cusp. He's not like going and researching, you know, pulling sources from 1600s. He's got a 20, 2008 published author from uh -huh. the University of Michigan citing this quote that supports the thesis unless you go deep and read it, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's well, I can, I can super see flawed. that you enjoy that. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. But Watching yeah. all the neurons fire off as you're talking about this <laughs> stuff. Like, you love it. Yeah. But it's flawed because you don't, you know, you try to write something meaningful and original, and that's yeah. when you kind of can get. Well, and I understand the, the idea behind it. I mean, I'm, all of this, the point of it is so that we can clearly communicate an idea to another person Boom. in a way that we all understand. So we try to put everybody into something like AP format. Right, right? yeah, yeah. But it it really slows down the creative process and yeah, like you said, you know, it could chew up a work of art by trying to squeeze it into a box. Yeah, and I get that you want to there has to be, you know, you want to build on these foundations that are there with ideas. You can't just come out of left field and try to you know, yeah. as a musician, you can't do it either. You want to try and write within a culture, within a tradition. I mean, as a writer, especially, you want to write within the American tradition or yeah. this style of journalistic approach. But, yeah. you know, you can't, uh, I get that, but it's like it seems to be eating itself in this bureaucratic, what's mm -hmm. that snake that eats its tail and yeah. tail, you know? It's yeah. Like, so, I don't know. That's <laughs> bullshit. But that's how I got to Spain. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's a lot to be said about just world travel. I mean, pick up a book and read it. Cool. But if you can just get out of the place where you were born, I'm, I, I saw something not too long ago about like the statistics of people that like born in a certain County and never leave. And it was, yeah. like, it was like 70% or something. Oh, wow. if, I, if I'm remembering it right, yeah. I'm like, shit, how do you know anything about anything? If you never left the County you were born in? Yeah. That's insane. That is wild. So, and I, I don't know. I, I think that my entire Oh, well, I know for a fact, uh, 20 years old, uh, traveling to Kuwait and Iraq and seeing mm. what it's really like. Yeah. You know, what it could be if, you know, things were done a little differently. Yeah. Or if maybe you don't have one of the most powerful economies in the world. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, it changes you just yeah. getting out and seeing stuff and not anything in particular, but just going and having conversations with people that didn't grow up in your county. Yeah, man. You know? Yeah. I know it can. It can make you appreciate where you're at can also make you want to move somewhere so yeah but, you know hell yeah um, <laughs> I, yeah I, I feel that i forgot you know you mentioned that you just got your passport but now that you, i realized again that you, you've traveled a lot being in the military yeah yeah, yeah. so but i mean you know <laughs> when you're traveling with the military at least in the branch i was in you're what not going you anywhere in? you want to go <laughs> were you in the army army yeah okay. my cousin was actually in the navy and he uh -huh. did he served in iraq yeah during the war in 2003 then he later was a private security in Kuwait. Yeah. Did you do that in Kuwait too? Not private security. Uh, so typically what would happen with, uh, it might be everybody, it was with a lot of units anyway. They would come in, they would stage in Kuwait, and then they would move up to their uh, FOB or duty station or whatever Yeah. into Iraq. 
And okay. so we were the guys taking them into Iraq. So we, oh, right. we were stationed in Kuwait. We'd load up their equipment, their Humvees, their uh, Bradleys. Their, Drop them off. Yeah, yeah, we'd take their equipment and all their gear, and we'd bring them up there. And some of them would fly, like, you know, right. maybe their command would fly into whatever FOB if they yeah. could. And then we would drive all the all the troopies in there. Cool. So sometimes it was Marines. Sometimes it was Army guys. Oh, nice. A that lot of Marines. Cool. And that's when I learned that Marines are crazy. They are crazy, aren't they? I learned that in the waiting tables. <laughs> <laughs> Come back. I'll be right back around a grill. We'd have an after party, and one of these, you know, Marine guys would be freaking out or, you know, drinking and going crazy. It's like, yeah, ah, bro. Yeah. But watch, crazy in a good watch, way, I guess. Oh, hell yeah. Hell <laughs> watch yeah. your stuff. Yeah. A lot of my friends are Marines. Half my family's Marines. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I just, whenever I went to uh, join, I, I just wanted to be in the military because yeah. I was abilene texas no industry right you got some colleges there and then an air force base so i ran into these dudes it was like four guys about my age and they all had brand new cars the, oh, the yeah. latest gaming system i can't remember if it was a ps2 or th whatever it yeah, was yeah yeah got you yeah but they're in there just chilling it's like middle of the day and i'm like why aren't these assholes at work how yeah. do they have all are these the, what are y'all in stocks or what and i'm talking to these guys or i'm sitting there watching these guys play and I just kind of happened into this house. A friend of mine was, I can't remember what the hell was going on. Anyway, I'm, I'm hanging out with these dudes. Yeah. And I finally, I just can't take it anymore. I'm like, what the fuck do you guys do for a living? <laughs> yeah. And they just looked at me and they're like, well, we're Air Force. And they just went back to playing games. I'm like, Air Force. Right. You guys are military? Yeah. So I left my friend there. I got in my car. I went straight to the recruiting station. Awesome. Yeah. The first recruiter I went to was Marines. And I'm wearing like a baggy t-shirt. Haven't shaved in like two weeks. <laughs> shitty ass jeans you know i just i look like an absolute mess. Army. so yeah so i walk into the marines and, and like they they almost don't even acknowledge that i walk in and one of them finally just like can i help you and i'm like yeah we'll join the marines maybe <laughs> <laughs> nice and the guy was like ah you might want to check with the, the air force or something i'm like okay all right yeah thanks great conversation i'll show myself out i mean they they, they know marine when they walk in yeah yeah <laughs> they wouldn't me so that's i walk awesome. next door to the navy recruiter yeah and they're they're standing there in like their white like dress uniforms and i'm like i can't i just can't <laughs> i kept walking and i got to the air force recruiter i walk in there and they're like hey what's up and i'm like i joined the military whatever okay uh how much college do you have and i went <laughs> I'm in the wrong room again. Yeah. They're like, they're like, check with the army. They'll take you. <laughs> yeah. That's so, so funny, I walked man. in there. The the dudes, they jumped up out of the desk. What's going on, dude? Yeah. Little confetti my, fell from the dude. ceiling. Strobe lights started going off. They're like, yeah, my people, <laughs> any job you want, brother. That's awesome. So man. Yeah. anyway, they're like, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to blow shit up. So I went artillery. I'm cool. Like, you would think so. Right. And then well, I became a truck driver in Iraq yeah, you know, yeah. within six months. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> I almost joined myself in 2001. And I had my mom sign up. Well, I was 17 then, so she signed oh, up. So yeah. I could go, did my ASVAB, and it came time to swear in. And uh, I had some family members like come and be like, dude, you need to go to college. <sighs> and this was right before the 9-11. 9-11 hadn't happened. Oh, yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm <laughs> super, that changed a lot of things. Because yeah. up to that point, military jobs kind of cush. You know, there mm -hmm. wasn't a lot yeah. going on. You yeah. went to the military for the money and for oh, the yeah, college. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm glad that. I'm glad I waited because after 9-11, I know 
no desire, mm-hmm. you know, to go yeah. fight in a war. Different I mean, time. I would love to support my country, right. but n- I'm not gonna. I'm not. A fi- I'm not gonna be on the front lines. So honestly, <laughs> well, I can't do that. <laughs> I I have this conversation with people all the time, but it's just not for everybody. And there's no reason that anybody should feel bad about that. Like, yeah, serve your country. Okay, do something else. I mean, right. military is not for everybody. I mean, I was trying to do and that's okay. Uh, in military, MI and military intelligence mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. I did yeah. really good on my abs, yeah. I think, and the recruiters were like drooling over me and like really pressuring, really pressuring me to go. I was, I was gonna go. My dad was in the army. All his brothers and sisters were in the military, Air Force. My grandfather was army. Later went to the Air Force. Yeah, you know, during he flew uh, B thirty nine, the B thirty eight, big boys, and uh, yeah, yeah, he was he was the captain, the pilot. Mm-hmm. Really cool guy, you know, yeah. but. uh I don't think his dad, that's the funny thing about him. Both my grandparents were in the military, but both of their parents, I don't think were, you know, it's yeah. kind of a, uh, that's where we got any kind of social mobility is both sides of my family uh-huh. was military. So yeah, I got deep respect for him and kind of wish that sometimes I wish I would have gone for four years for the discipline or yeah. so my dad would appreciate me more, you know, or things. Cause he's an army guy yeah. who's a cop. Now, you know, yeah, <laughs> he was a military police guy. Is he still a cop? He's still a cop. Which yeah. police force? He's in. Uh, he's he's the captain, or maybe even chief of University Park in uh, Dallas. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like cool. a, where George Bush and Ross oh, Perot live and stuff. Okay. He was this foot soldier out there, or night guy for mm-hmm. eighteen or nineteen years. Yeah. But now he's a big dog. He's Is that the one with the uh, no fly temporary flight restriction area above it? Like you cannot fly anywhere near it. Is in Dallas? It probably well. Is. Where are you talking about? With like the University Bush Highland Park area? Yeah, I didn't it. know that about the there, no fly. There, well, only I I went through. I uh, let me rephrase this. I wasted a lot of money trying to get my pilot's license one time. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I want to do that too. Man. Yeah. yeah, if you do, just make sure you walk away with the pilot's license. You know, right? Yeah, I got all the way up to the check ride, and I was just out of cash, man. Oh no, you can't yeah, go back. And, I can. Okay. Yeah, is that it's TCC just, or life has changed since then. I yeah. went to American Flyers up in Addison, and I spent a shit ton of money. I had my truck paid off at the time. Yeah. I went to the bank and they gave me a loan. So I took it out against the truck. I basically paid my truck off twice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn, bro. But, That's uh, awesome. Well, I mean, it, I have it was, such it was an a great experience. In that too. You yeah. know, I did a couple cross country solos and things like that. So, wow. It was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. But, yeah. There's a temporary flight restriction somewhere over there and you can't go anywhere near it. And I knew it had something to do with the Bush family or whatever. But, well, George W. still lives over there, I think. Or he has a ranch somewhere. But, uh, yeah, uh, or George H. He's mm-hmm. still around, isn't he? Or no, uh, he just Junior died. is. Junior's yeah, dead. Their the, dad. Died. The dad was over there forever, but uh, I don't know a lot about them. But uh, my, you know, me and my dad aren't that close, honestly. Yeah, but um, yeah, it'd be cool to have gone. I'm glad you did that. That's. I'm glad I did it too. And for some people, it's absolutely perfect, life changing, and it was for me. I had no fucking idea what I was going to do, man. Yeah. And I mean, I I worked at every restaurant in Abilene, Texas. Nice. I bust every table you could. <laughs> yeah, you know. I'd, yeah. Dude, that was my life too. Coming out of high school, I was uh, waiting tables with macaroni grill for the first few years of my yeah. adult life. You know? I wasn't a bad kid. I just didn't know what the hell to do. Same man. Same. And yeah. so you know. I I mean I was at the end of my rope, frustrated with just not making enough to hardly eat. Yeah, and I saw I those that. kids same age as me. Like y'all did it right. What did y'all do? Well, yeah, and that's that's so. I mean I was always trying to get something going, and I think military had always been kind of in the back of my brain because both of my granddads had done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. For some people, it's perfect. For some people, it makes no sense. And I worked with some of yeah. those guys yeah. that had no business being in. <laughs> yeah, I had a cousin wash out, wash out in the Navy. Mm-hmm. You know, so oh, yeah. You know, I think that's what 
the my a couple of my aunts and uncles approached me and i think that's what their worry was with me yeah. it's like well, you're not the type you know you yeah. think you are and they're probably right you know i've got i've quit every job i've ever had <laughs> i've cussed out a couple of teachers along the way you know like i am not it a, sounds like I, we had very similar uh <laughs> childhoods yeah, yeah. but so, i had people telling me the same thing like whenever uh, I was getting ready to ship out. I had people t- like pull me aside and be like, you realize that you're going to have to do what people tell you to right, do, yeah, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, man, I can do it, whatever. Out of my face, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I adapted pretty quick. You don't have much of a choice sometimes, so. Right, yeah. and that's what I, that's the envious, the the feelings of envy I might have for people who did go through it is like, yeah, I think that had I shipped out, you know, I mean, when push comes to shove, I'd have done what the fuck they said and moved on with my yeah. life, you know, yeah. rather than fight them. But I wasn't given that. I wasn't given that opportunity, and I have fought every authority figure <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, who knows? But I, I see that. You know, I just see a lot of the the benefits people have after the fact, the camaraderie, the the yeah. lifelong connection. Yeah. You know, these things that that college doesn't give you anymore. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. back 20, 30 years ago, college was a lifelong connection. It doesn't right. seem that way to me anymore. Really? I don't think, but it, I could be. I could just be wrong, <laughs> but I think the I things know. are just a little We'd have to poll the audience. Yeah. Contact us. Media at fortworthroots.com is the email. Let us know how your camaraderie is with your <laughs> college alumni, people, friends, constituents. <laughs> yeah. Was it a lifelong connection that kept you up? <laughs> Let us know. Joe wants to know. I want to know. Just email us. <laughs> Something. That's usually the cue to wrap up the shows whenever I start rambling like that. Oh, no. Yeah, how long have we been going? <laughs> Hour 15, man. Oh, cool. That's good. Well, it's been great. Yeah, get some quite. I've just been rambling, so if you had some specific That's, stuff. That is exactly what this is about. Cool. I've been pulling information out of you subtly the whole time. Well, so. good. I'm glad. Cause Where I'm do you play? Something. What do you do? Where are you from? You know, we, yeah. got, we got some good content today. Good, good. Well, I love talking about live in general. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm, I am dead serious. We we can do this every week if you want. Yeah, right, right on. Cool, man. Yeah, <laughs> we'll move it from a back. one episode a week to a, to a two episode per week. Thing. Yeah, man. Yeah, have me back anytime, dude. Because eventually, I want to. I'm bridge building right now. I'm trying to get my shit together so eventually I can just do this show. Yeah, but I'm not reaching out I'm, for sponsorship. I'm not asking any anything from the fans yet or the listeners. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna wait until I hit a hundred episodes, and that's whenever I'm gonna start looking for sponsorship. Yeah. Cool. So. Well, I hope you get it. There's a lot of pe- people out there that that well, can make it. In this this is this is my third. It, once I start looking for sponsorship, this will be my third stab at entrepreneurship. I yeah. had a business that went pretty well for about three or four years and I shut it down. Yeah. But my thing that helped me in my first business, I have no problem starting that conversation with somebody and telling them what I can offer and yeah, you know, where they fit into that plan. And then, oh, by the way, it's all tax deductible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you check with your CPA. I'm not an expert. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Joe, man, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank hey, you, wait, uh, before we get out of here, drop some links. Tell tell everybody where to find yeah, you. Yeah, uh, I think you had it up uh, there. I did. Joe FN Savage. Yeah. That's on Instagram, Finmo, joefnsavage.com. Okay. And uh, Spotify, of course. I've got uh, content, original content out there. Mm-hmm. And the best way to support me and help me is to go listen to it. And you, you're going to try to Dropbox me some tracks. I will that yeah. you have not released yet. Exactly. So you guys get a taste. Of, so over the last year, so I've got me and Taylor Tash mm-hmm. out of um, Audio Styles. It's a who's who produced El Camino, my album I released in July. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done. We have thirty more ready. Okay. So I've got a. Uh, I've got eight that are mastered, and I'm going to go walk the Camino to Santiago again. Okay. in April and May this year where is that my second time it's in Spain oh. it's a 500 mile walk 
and I did it for the first time. And well, okay, sorry we to got a, we the got a whole other. <laughs> but Morgan, come here. So I did this in 2019. Let, let's see what Morgan needs. Oh, you getting pictures? Thank you. I always forget to pictures. Okay. But anyway, so we'll be releasing those eight singles during one a week during the eight weeks I'll be gone because I'll be gone all of April, May, 2022. Okay, so eight weeks, 500 miles. 500 miles. Gonna, I'm going to do it in six weeks. People do it in less weeks than that. I'd wow. have to run it, dude. I would get out of my mind bored walking 500 well, the Camino's, freaking miles. It's a spiritual thing, too, you know, and uh, part of it is about mental health and not needing to rush, you know, yeah. but part of it could be about rushing and, and running and getting physically healthier. The Camino, the road to Santiago is really whatever you want to make it, and it changed my life. 2019, I did it in April and May, and I walked the Camino del Norte, which uh-huh. is wasn't isn't the original Camino, but it's one of that's been around hundreds of years, and it goes through the coastal north of Spain. So you walk from France border, uh-huh. and you arrive in Santiago de Compostela, which is the back in the day when this pilgrimage started in the year 800. Um, you went there to see Saint James's tomb, and uh, Saint James was buried there. You know, his body was he was beheaded, right, and okay. taken over and thrown in the sea, and all or whatever. There's this and that, so. <laughs> A pilgrim, a pilgrim who's on this walk wears the scallop seashell also because apparently, you know, there's just some lore that goes along with okay. all this. But okay. it doesn't have to be so mystical or spiritual either, but it can be as much as you want it to I'm be. putting it on the bucket list right and now. It was amazing. It changed It changed my life. It changed who, uh, how I see myself. And uh-huh. um, I felt really accomplished when I finished it. It took me 47 days the last time I did it. So how many, what does that shake out to? Like, did you start strong with like a lot of mileage and then taper it down or what? No, I, I started with like eight kilometers the first day, which is, I don't know, like six, five miles or something, something like that. Yeah. Um, and I was dead. I had blisters and I was, I was 30 pounds heavier than I probably am right now too. And yeah. that was, I was not doing well as far as life. Yeah. I mean, I was doing pretty good, but so. I was burnt out. By the end of it, I did 33 kilometers my last day, which was like, you know, three times as much. Yeah. I dropped a few pounds. I felt better about myself. I brought my guitar with me. So the album called El Camino is named after El Camino de Santiago because I wrote those songs while I was on the that trail. That is awesome. Yeah. So I listened to it out there <laughs> and uh, I'm going to do it again. Do you want to include a track from... Yeah, that I'll one? send you that one too. Yeah, let's play that one first, and then I'll play whatever else you want. I mean, if it goes on for thirty minutes after we get done recording, I'll yeah. play whatever you no, want. No, no, I got you. I'll just send you something that I'm going to release in uh, April and May. Okay. I'm going to release one a week while I'm walking, the new stuff, and then I'll send you one from El Camino too. Okay. That way you can have both of them. But it's a it's a great journey, and it takes it's a big big endeavor. It's a, there's some risk involved, even for me. You know, I'm leaving all my gigs for two months and yeah. not going to be taking any money in, and so that's scary but i mean i vowed after i did it the first time to do it every couple three every two or three years yeah to keep myself in line with who i want to be and yeah you know and and the walking is is like scientifically proven to make you a healthier individual mm-hmm. and to make your body work better it will you know, also even just turn to, you into a board if you're not used to it i found out <laughs> just, you just walking like two miles well yeah and we'll <laughs> see the benefits of a 30 minute walk or or an hour walk every day are life-changing in themselves but when you start walking six hours a day for extended periods of time you know it takes only 30 days to make a habit some say 15 so i was habitually walking every day for six to eight hours at towards the end of this journey and it changed me it changed the way i thought i heard my inner monologue more i saw a lot of the behaviors that were holding me down and i saw a lot of the things that make me a good person too you know so i recommend it the road to santiago 
this is awesome yeah we're getting ready to wrap this up and he just blows my mind right here <laughs> i told you i was rambling that's awesome <laughs> no that's what it's about morgan's smiling because she knows that's exactly what's going on we've got morgan off mic here just joined us in the studio you gonna take some pictures okay i i'm really bad about getting pictures oh uh, yeah no you gotta have <laughs> before gotta. after the the set awesome cool. Well, cool. yeah, man, it's been great. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to tell you more about anytime if you know if you want to do this again in a month or so before I go you, to the Camino special. Oh, you know, that would be perfect. And then get you when you come back. Yeah, give me when I come back all and see, about the, it. see the changes. Or and whatever. then maybe the next trip we'll have our walking shoes on. Yeah, we'll go well, with you. And I always tell anybody, you're welcome to come and walk a week with me. You know, I mean, yeah. and it takes a lot, but most people's vacations to Europe only last a week anyway. Mm-hmm. It's more manageable. And you can do the walking and what they call tramos you know trams or whatever different etapas or levels or uh different i don't know what the word is but different sections mm-hmm. at a time you don't have to do it all at once yeah um but yeah man it's cool well, you do it all at once i'm gonna right? do it all at once again my That's first awesome. attempt i only did four days and that was when i was leaving toledo about to come back and go to grad school like i was telling you uh-huh. we went up and we just kind of walked i didn't even bring anything i just brought my guitar that time too and we just walked for four days yeah and then went back to our normal lives you know but then it took me a while that was 2009 that i did that so it took me 10 years to get back and yeah. do the whole thing and uh, it, it, it was an accomplishment man i mean i feel better about myself yeah from doing well it. and you know even even going out and doing like tough mudder spartan are these different you've seen these little events they do where it's like an obstacle course yeah thing or whatever just getting done with one of those you get a micro dose of what you're talking about it's yeah. an accomplishment you did something yeah you, you got something done and that kind of thing feels good so i can only imagine that amplified by about 200 when you and i <laughs> and i applied all these lessons to my life like persistence and consistency it's like you can't see the end of the trail ever mm-hmm. it's one foot in front of the other it's yep. one day after the other it's one moment it's taking it as it comes it's not worrying it's having faith it's mm-hmm. like just moving forward and yeah. i did really didn't have a good perspective on a lot of those things i just mentioned before yeah. that thinking that's what honestly was holding me back in my career as a musician and i feel so much more secure now i have a larger reach to gigs that i can play i have people taking care of me like my weekly residencies but i feel like my attitude changes and the things my thoughts that change because of those accomplishments and have affected directly my business as an entrepreneur today you know i'm making more money now i did the six flags contract this year so i was at six flags for 27 dates nice during the best of texas festival oh that's awesome amazing yeah i mean that's what made me get more professional i kind of stopped drinking i still have a a shot here and there but yeah no more going out it was like if i'm gonna make 11 a.m stage call at six flags i can go home and go to bed right and get up and be there you know so um but that's the direct influence to you know the camino and yeah just trying to trying to open myself up to like these better opportunities i have yeah. that I don't sometimes think that I deserve. A know? lot of what you're saying is on point with what I hear top-level professionals talking about as far as consistency and stuff. You're wording it completely different in your own way. Cool. But what you're talking about is the same thing you hear from these big Fortune 500 CEOs and stuff talking about consistency Yeah. and following a plan and just yeah, keeping yeah. yourself in line with, with your own uh, kind of course, yeah. your, your dreams, your, yeah. your plan there. So. The one thing I the one thing I'll leave and speaking to that I think I'll be there one day uh, Fortune five hundred or you know I hope to have hit singles and you know things like that but uh, the one thing the Camino taught me more than anything was going slower is actually more beneficial than going faster 
you know, and especially when you, you know, imagine walking with somebody you don't like, you know, <laughs> you're going to outrun them, right? Yeah. You want to beat them or even in, mu- even in music or business. So you want to get way ahead of them. But then the tortoise and the hare, you know, the hare takes a break because he's way ahead and, that, mm-hmm. and the tortoise wins, you know? Yeah. And part of that is slowing down and letting those people go. Letting, like, I always wanted to be the hare and get away from these people and get and, and f- further on from them. And, sh- you know, but the, I was, I was at a restaurant about, seven days into the walk and I had surrounded myself with a group of like 10 Germans none of them spoke Spanish so I was just translating everything for them got to the point where I was literally waiting on them like going and ordering for them <laughs> taking it back to the table and some grandma was like Nino mi Nino ven acá and sit next to me come here <laughs> she's like when you get tired of this slow down let them go don't nice. try to outrun them and I did it and I started doing it in music too instead of trying to catch all these people that have, I feel have gotten ahead of me I just kind of let them go yeah. and uh, it's working, you know, going Stage slower advice. is working. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and you know, this, this being my third attempt at something like this, I'm doing the same thing. I haven't gotten in, into the rut of trying to push forward doggedly in order to see progress. Yeah. I'm really just trying to enjoy simple stuff like conversations with Joe Yeah, and just let it, let it build the foundation. And then whenever it is time, it will present itself and I can go exactly. to the next stage. Yeah, so. man. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's great Joe, to talk with you. Great to meet again, you. Brother. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Let's please do this again. Yeah, We'll do it again. Definitely. I, all my guests that I have on, I, I tell them you can come back anytime, but yeah. I haven't had anybody. Uh, I, I have had some repeat guests, but I haven't had anybody that's wanted to come back real regularly yeah well if so, you want i could do it regularly man if yeah, you want to do whenever like you that. want yeah i'm serious yeah. we could do at least do once a month the next few months yeah you know? i'm yeah. down just okay. let me know when it's convenient for you i'm you know i'm cool. pretty flexible oh so. yeah well cool man thank all right you, brother. well i'm gonna play the music now fort worth roots thank y'all for being here and we will see you next week A huge thank you to Joe for being on Fort Worth Roots. Thank you. What a wildly interesting dude. He's making his way through the music scene here in Fort Worth, Texas, but he has a hell of a backstory. We can't wait to have him back on. You're welcome on the show anytime at all, whenever. Doors always open for Joe Savage. You can check him out, joefnsavage.com. Here in just a minute, I'm going to play two tracks for you. The first one is going to be Lost in a Memory. This is a track that he has not released yet, but because you're on Fort Worth Roots listening to this show, and because we made an awesome new friend, you get to listen to it here today. And then the second one is Thinking. It's uh, off the album El Camino. Awesome stuff. You can check out Joe Savage. You can see him live here in the area. Tuesday, uh, the 4th of January, he's playing at Eagles Point. He actually plays there pretty regularly. That's one of his regular stomping grounds. Uh, 6th January, he's going to be at the Rustic in Houston, if you're down in that area of the world. Uh, Friday, 7th. 7 January, he'll be at the Rustic again, downtown Houston. Then he's coming up to San Antonio, the 8th of January, at Rebecca Creek Distillery. He'll be back down. Dude, he's just going to be all over the place. And then back down Saturday, uh, 8 January, back in Houston at the Rustic, uh, downtown Houston. San Antonio, the Rustic, the 9th. Landmark, he's back here. That's when you can catch him back here. 9 January, Landmark Bar and Kitchen. Uh, that's off of the little 7th Street area. And then 11 January, he's back up at uh, Eagles Point. And then Woodshed Smokehouse, one of my favorite places, 13 January. That's a that's a pretty hot spot. Uh, Lindsay Hightower uh, 
Hightower Band plays out there at uh, the Woodshed also. That's an awesome little spot. And uh, just go to his website. Go check. I'm looking at it right now. That's where I'm reading all this off at. JoeFNSavage.com to find more details. Joe, again, thank you so much. Um, I'm excited about this episode. This was uh, this was a fun one and a great way to kick off the new year. Happy New Year. It's going to be great. Well, this is going to be the best year that we've had in a long time. Watch. Watch. And uh, y'all have made it a great year for the show. So thank y'all for downloading. Thank y'all for streaming. Thank you for liking it or subscribing to it. When y'all do stuff like that, it helps the show grow. Every single individual one of you. And the show is small enough that whenever uh, one person downloads the show, I still notice it. Like I'm, I'm always staring at the analytics. So... I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. For somebody that says he didn't care about the numbers, I sure do talk about them a lot, but uh, thank you. And Happy New Year. And uh, at the very, very end, after we play the tracks for uh, Joe Savage's music, his uh, wonderful music, uh, there's the trailer for Gone Cold Podcast. It's a true crime podcast uh, out of DFW. It's, It's a huge show. Lots of people listen to it. So you might like it too. Um, and that's it. I need to stop babbling. Or do y'all do y'all enjoy that kind of stuff? Obviously, I do. I can't stop doing it. That's it for me. I will see y'all next Monday again. Happy New Year! And thanks for being at Fort Worth Roots. I'll see you next next week, next Monday. All right, I'll shut up. Bye.
crash to the shore I let you go, I know you're not here anymore I hope I see you again someday I see your face light up the bay Beside me, it's just you and your smile it keeps me going every day. Another thought of you paves the way. Park my car, lose the key, get drunk on a memory. Straight. 
There ain't nothing I can weather But I get this feeling Every time I was thinking I took the wrong damn road I was thinking, never done It's highly overrated I get myself tongue-tied Thinking, oh, just what I'm saying But I didn't write these lines To this part that I'm playing I'm just overthinking I was thinking, ever done It's highly overrated I get myself tongue-tied Thinking, oh, just what I'm saying But I didn't write these lines To this part that I'm playing I'm just overthinking Oh, what's thinking ever done? Texas has a reputation for being tough on crime, but beneath the surface, in the darkness, is an incredible number of mysteries left undone. There are monsters among us. There are approximately 20,000 unsolved homicides throughout the Lone Star State, cases that have gone cold, waiting for new information or evidence. On Gone Cold Podcast, Texas True Crime, we tell in-depth stories of these unsolved murders and missing persons cases, from the historic and mysterious 1948 disappearance of Denton co-ed Virginia Carpenter, to the unspeakably brutal 2014 slang of Delisa Kelly in Dallas. This was personal. It was personal. Join us weekly as we attempt to keep these terrible and tragic stories alive in hopes the victim's loved ones can one day see justice. You can subscribe to Gone Cold, Texas True Crime, wherever you listen to podcasts.